Hi there, I'm Bevan Thompson and welcome to the Wellbeing Wiz Omnicast. What is an Omnicast? Well, an Omnicast is a video podcast. It's also an audio podcast. It's also a blog on my website. It's many, many things. It's more than just a podcast, basically. And I'm the Wellbeing Wiz. I'm an anxiety coach who helps people manage their anxiety and start to live a better life. Now, what qualifies me for this, you're asking? Well, I used to suffer very badly from anxiety myself around maybe 10 years ago. Um, I had all the symptoms you could think of, the sort of sweaty palms, the dizzy head, the random thoughts, racing thoughts. It turned to depression. It was essentially a living nightmare. And I spent a long time with doctors going through things like hypnotherapy. I tried tablets. I tried a lot of the different solutions. And I found the only thing that helped me was, was starting to go back to the start, work out how my thoughts worked, work out how they were creating my emotions, how I was creating this anxiety. And what I did, I, I created a framework and kind of cured myself. That led on to me thinking, hang on a minute, other people should benefit from this. And the Wellbeing Wiz was born. I set up as a coach, helping people manage their anxiety and helping them live a better life, as I say. The Omnicast every week is about sharing tips about this, interviewing other people about their anxiety, me talking about ways to understand anxiety and how to cure it, and essentially just a place where you can learn more about uh, anxiety itself and, and sort of sharing a lot of people's experience with it. Okay, welcome to the Wellbeing Wiz Omnicast episode 16. I'm delighted to have a superb special guest today. She's a businesswoman, she's a mother, she's an expert in marketing, and she's a really good friend of mine. Her name is Jade McCarthy. Hi, Jade, how are you? Hi, Bevan. Hi, thank you. Did I encompass all your things there in one go? I tried to sort of sum you up. Well, I wondered who you were talking about, to be honest. (laughs) You were sat there, oh, where is she? (laughs) Wait a minute. Who's coming? <laughs> no, you're a legend. Anyway, so you're obviously on the podcast today. You know what the podcast is about. Um, you know, you, you sort of uh, watched it before and listened to it before. Thank you very much. Yes. It's about anxiety and it's about how people deal with anxiety. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And we'll also talk about sort of what you do and uh, how, you, how you sort of, because you're very inspirational, how you can inspire others, people who are listening to me, if that's all right. right. I'll try. Yeah, I will try. <laughs> okay, so... Have you suffered from anxiety in the past? Is it something that you've had to face, something you've had to deal with? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think preparing for the podcast, I started to think back to, you know, I know that I've experienced it myself, but the first time I, I properly encountered it was probably about the age of six. And it was actually because my mum suffered really badly with panic attacks. I think I was about six because... I was figuring it out. So I just remember not being old enough to understand what it was. It was frightening. Um, You know, she used to think that she was dying. Um, And it's one particular event that stands out in my mind that we were in the supermarket and she had this panic attack and it was scary, but I was also a a bit embarrassed because I didn't know what was happening and there was everyone running to help. and, And I kind of remember that she had a hard time with it and had a hard time getting help with it, was often fobbed off because we're talking like 30 years ago now. No. She was off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I'll put you off your flow then. (laughs) (laughs) She was fobbed off um, with breathing into a brown paper bag. And I just remember her telling us that all the time. That's what the doctors used to say. You need to breathe into a brown paper bag. I can understand because it would sort of control your breathing, but that's a very old fashioned kind of way of looking at it. Very old fashioned. And I think that's kind of just shows you how times have changed in quite a small frame of time, time frame. 
um, you know, they have changed in 30 years, how we are open about it, how it's, you know, we've all got knowledge of it now. But so that was probably when I first was aware of what anxiety was, but I didn't know that's what it was. You know panic what I mean? attacks are the thing that, that's what started me, actually. I started my anxiety with panic attacks. It's that feeling of when you don't know what they are, you do think you're dying. You do think you're going crazy. You do think, because... And I've discussed it loads of times on here and I'll discuss it again, but it's that fight or flight response that your body's trying to deal with. You're scared, but there's nowhere to sort of let off the valve and let you go. And you just end up sort of falling apart. And it, it, it was in supermarkets for me as well. Like I've told you before, I ended up building a building a fort yeah. once in a supermarket because I was that scared. Yeah, for some reason, supermarkets trigger people a lot. I yeah, and I, I can picture it now. I can picture the exact aisle we were in. Um, and she used to have a lot, but for some reason that one sticks in, in my mind. And she's luckily okay now. And um, I don't know what I don't know what it was that actually cleared her up because I was too young to probably understand. Mm -hmm. But that was when I first ever had an experience with it, although it wasn't wasn't mine, obviously. Um, but that can yeah. stay with you. And it, it, it kind of like, it's a bit like the... <laughs> A lot of people suffer from the fear of the fear almost that would have triggered something subconsciously in you thinking this is a possibility in life people have these things especially yeah. if they're so close to you as well it's like oh is it in the family that starts the kind of the thoughts if you like which my favorite topic we'll get onto that in a bit but yeah, yeah it starts that kind of fear of fear and and a very yeah. young age six you're very impressionable things stick with you then and go into your subconscious very quickly so i can yeah. see how it would like stay with you yeah and then I've had kind of, I've not necessarily always suffered with anxiety. I seem to be triggered by things that happen or I've only really ever had like three major experiences where it's affected me to a point of, you know, having to get help. And the first time I didn't even know that's what it was. Um, so I was quite young when I had my son. So I was 23. So at the time I was probably about 25 and I just started to feel really worried and panicked and I didn't want to go to work and I didn't want to leave him. And it was all, it was weird. And I knew I didn't feel right, but I didn't know what it was when I went to the doctors. Um, so I think, I think part of it, you know, I was, I was brave to go to the doctors because I was like, I don't know what this is. Why do I feel yeah, like Yeah, it? a lot of people just, just either ignore it or don't do anything about it or sit and wallow in it. Or, that, that was for, that's a really good step, that. So well done, you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe because I saw my mum suffer for so long, I was like, I don't, well, I don't know. I just, there was just something that made me need to go and get help. Well, I'm not having, I'm not going that far kind of thing. I'm going to nip it in the bud early doors or whatever. Yeah. And the doctor said to me, I think you're suffering with anxiety and I think it's separation anxiety from your baby um yeah. <laughs> that's so sweet isn't it like then we've made up for it in lockdown don't you worry <laughs> <laughs> made up time. oh dear um but yeah so and I think because I was quite young I'd gone straight back to work full time and I think it, it you know I moved house and there was lots of things happening and I think two years later it hit me and I just I was like no I need to be with with him so from that I reduced my hours down Lee changed his hours around so that I could be part-time and and it was really positive in the end so you know I ended up I did have more time at home with him and yeah like I say we've made up for that in, in <laughs> I think everyone has haven't they really it's been nice. 13 now I'm not sure separation anxiety would quite be um no so, sometimes I get anxious not to be separated from my 13 year old <laughs> yeah we need a break yeah um 
And then, so that was kind of the first time that I'd ever it got to the point where I felt like I needed to do something about it. And then the second time was the worst time, definitely. Um, so there was quite a big, I don't know how to describe it, but like a big thing that happened in the family, um, particularly to me, that just completely triggered this, I can only describe it as like a breakdown really, because I, I literally felt heartbroken. I was panicky. I was I was just a mess. And I, I think then I was about 31. So this is about five years ago. So it was, a, you know, five year periods seem to be the thing every five years. Funny, it seems to fade and come back as well with people. Yeah. It, it, you can def- defeat it. Is, is the wrong word, but it, you can kind of push it away for a certain period of time. And then it seems to come back tenfold, like a lot stronger with, yeah. with new tricks, if you like, to try and get around the things you've solved already. This is yeah. the thing I keep finding when I was, it was like, oh, it's back. And now it's got a new set of weapons that can can yeah. damage me in a different way. Trauma, trauma is the biggest, like it, a traumatic experience. I'm not talking like, you know, anything at all that, that sort of gets into your head subconsciously can trigger them and those sort of anxiety feelings because it's like a big happening. Then you start questioning all the things you believe to be true, all the things you believe like your safety, your happiness, whatever it is. And it sort of undermines your thinking and then that starts the process. Yeah, definitely. It definitely did that. Um, and that is, I think, I think there was an element of depression in there as well. I think I was suffering, you know, just across the board really. Um, and I actually took time out of work for about six weeks, six, seven weeks. Uh, you know, it got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't go to work. So again, I went and got help at the doctors. Um, and I, I've had a really good doctor every time I've had any issues with this. My doctors are really, really on it. So um, I got referred for counselling and I went to counselling for, you know, what had happened. And at the same time, I actually took up yoga, which I'd never done before. Um, and honestly, I loved it. I've never, it's, and I'm not sure if it was the counseling or the yoga that actually made me, got me to a point of feeling better because it was, I looked forward to it. It was like an hour of peace away from my head. It was the one night a week I would get a decent night's sleep. It was just a complete new way of kind of thinking and breathing and acting. And it just was it's doing all the things like yoga's doing all the things I would tell you to do to get over it's like you're, you're exercising so you're creating that kind of serotonin kind of boost you're being still you're being in the moment you'll be you're not looking forward back around anywhere else so it, it is so good I, I should try it but I'm like a baby giraffe I'd end up falling over like I, oh you would you wouldn't everyone's like oh I'm not I'm not bendy enough but that's the whole point you go to become bendy <laughs> you become more bendy over time pliable <laughs> yeah um and it, but it really, I think that was my first experience with meditation as well I'd not really done anything like that so that opened me up to I think it was the Headspace app that I got at the time that was quite helpful I'm sure you oh, yeah, yeah. have used that um and I used to have one night where I would go to yoga and I'd come back and I'd have a, a really nice bath with the meditation app and I would literally go straight to bed so that I just didn't come out of this zone of clear space and zone <laughs> the zone yeah it was it was brilliant so that was a massive massive help and then um it's really funny because what happened I can't it it kind of made me open my head into being 
like aware of myself and myself kind of um care I guess and how I really needed to start thinking about looking after myself and putting myself first sometimes as well because we don't we don't do that and it started to make when when you're a parent or you know a partner or whatever you always seem to take a back seat to all the rest of them and a very wise man my friend Phil always tells me that you know why why did I tell you to put your mask on the plane first when you yeah. when the when the oxygen masks come down, they say put yours on before you help others. And he said that's a great metaphor for life. If you're not looking after yourself, how can yeah. you help others? And it, it's such a, a lovely little. I love it. I don't, I don't know where he got it from. He probably got it from someone else. But it was him who first yeah. said it to me. And I'm like, oh, like Phil says <laughs> all the time. Exactly, and that was exactly it. So it started making me look at every situation I was in differently, and things that weren't serving me how I wanted them to. And it actually led to separation from my husband at the time, um, which is a happy ending. We're fine, we're good friends and, you know, but it it kind of just made me question it. And I thought, you know, this has been a situation that was quite draining to me and that didn't seem right. I thought, I, I can't be feeling drained. So it gave me the confidence and the kind of self-worth to to move on from that situation and it's the best thing that we could have done um we're in a good place with the children and stuff now I got a new job I you know changed how I looked after my health I was really fit and then lockdown happened but you know I'd got myself into this really good um frame of mind so from going from an awful place really catapulted me into looking at everything differently and making huge changes that had a positive outcome it's brilliant because you've done you've done what i would suggest to people who come to me and talk about it but you've done it on your own which is which is incredible it's like maybe you time traveled and came and told me maybe i did you know i'm good at that i'll do that every now and again maybe we were having this conversation you were like i'm just going to sort this out and i'll be back, <laughs> I'll be back and, <laughs> i'm back in the yeah. room <laughs> I, you've done that kind of like you've chosen a sort of a path of exercise and stillness and all these kind of but of course you've got things like the headspace app which again tells you to concentrate on this concentrate on that and it yeah you've you've sort of self-cured which i think is really cool like i'm quite impressed we can't have less of you around i can't not have loads of you otherwise i'm out of a job (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then i had another setback all right okay okay sorry i've cut in there Teach me how to not go back into this. Oh, so, God, and then the more, more recently, I think everybody's kind of probably had a hit from the pandemic. So I was just feeling really stuck in my job. It was quite a toxic situation at the time. I was unhappy and it just hit me again um, out of nowhere. And I ended up taking time off work. And it was then that I started to think, I think... <laughs> similar to the separation anxiety I'd had but I was feeling like I've got this time at home with the kids now and it's really making me realize how much I've missed out on and I don't want to work nine to five and be out of the house all the time you know I learned so much about them as I'm sure you have yeah. been at home with your children. People have learned so much about themselves in this time and it, yeah. it's been an awful awful thing to happen to the world but so many interesting insights into yourself have come out of it the world's almost waking up to itself or people are waking up to themselves and what they really need and what's important and what's not important. But yeah, it's it's been a double-edged sword in that way, I would say. 
hundred percent. So that was kind of my catapult into starting this business because I thought, right, I've got to get out of a situation I'm not happy with, with work. Um, again, I spoke to my doctor who was brilliant um, and just gave me the kind of reassurance that, you know, it's okay to walk away from something that's not, not right for you. So in the middle of a pandemic, when everyone was stressed about losing a job, I thought, I know. I know what I'll do. <laughs> I'm noticing and set my own business up because what else would you do? You know. Awesome. That, that's inspirational in itself. It's like, you know what? You've backed yourself and you've, you know, you've got a set of skills that people want. You, you, you know what you want from life and that's a work-life balance and something you can be proud of. And, you know, all these things that you get from running your own business, you don't get from working for someone else. Yeah, right. There's, there's a there's a bucket full of stressful stuff that comes with it. But I tell you what, you being the one that has control of your destiny for me was is the biggest thing when you're anxious. My worst thing's been out of control. Like yeah. teaching myself that I can't control everything. But yeah. in this circumstance where I'm in control of my own business and creating my own business and create my own money and I am in control of that. You know, I'm not waiting on 10 other people to make it happen. And yeah. So yeah, you did the right thing, definitely. Of course you did. Of course I did, I'm here. Ah. And I think that's, I think that's my thing now. I recognize what causes these kind of mini breakdowns that I've had of anxiety, these bouts of um, anxiety, you know, periods I've had. And I can see them coming now and I know that I've got to make the decisions before it gets out of control to walk away from something that's not right or confront it or change it or, you know, and be proactive with that rather than keeping going and keeping going and keeping going to a point of combusting and... Are you sure you've not done my course? This is literally like... <laughs> I have met back in time. I've definitely... In a short space of time, we've known each other. Clearly you're rubbing off on me. There's some sort of subconscious thing going on. But no, it's that you become aware of your your thought patterns, your triggers, your things. You've accepted that you're the one that creates them from the outside situations then stimulate these, these things happening and you've made changes. And that is exactly what I coach people to do from start to finish. Well, if you need some help. Yeah, I can say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's brilliant because it's, it's funny how, you know, one person can, like I discovered it myself, and you've discovered it yourself and not put labels onto what you've done, but yeah. it's that exact same thing. It's that awareness of where you're going, which I think in the middle of anxiety and panic, it's so hard to separate what's you and what's not you, what's home helpful thoughts and what aren't. It's almost yeah. like being in a, in a washing machine being spun around and it's that stopping and going, right, make let's myself aware of what I'm thinking, what it's making me feel, what it's making me do. And then a lot of people hide behind the fact that anxiety is this monster that's creeping up on you and trying to kill you and all that. It's all coming from inside you, I'm afraid. And when you accept that and realise that, you know then you can change it. You've started it, you can finish it. Yeah, exactly. And I think I've come to realise that now. And I think, I think that comes from being able to look after yourself as well and, you know, kind of realising not to just rely on other people. And I yes things have happened or other people have done things that have then triggered this but I can't I can't do anything about that but I can do something about how I react to it or how I let it affect me and that 
yeah, but that's not been an easy thing to realise. It's very easy to just be angry and reflect and not reflect, which like... Deflect, push it away and and deflect. And it's like, it depends which, and this again, it's funny, it's like you've watched some of my courses as well. It's that looking back at the things that have happened to you and looking at them in a different way or looking, because you could look at them and go, that made me the person I am and like go down one road. Or you can look at it and go, do you know what? That happened. And I chose to think this about myself and move on. Yeah. And it's that looking back and time traveling, if you like, and deciding that doesn't define you. It's how I choose to react to it that defines me and what I choose to make it mean and what glasses I'm looking through when I look at it. You know, it's a bit like like the weight thing I always talk about when people weigh themselves. They can look on a set of scales and say, I'm X amount of stone. And they can look at it. It's just a number. Yeah. And that number is either a bad or bad or positive thought. You know, I'm 11 stone. That's awful. I should be 10. Or I'm 11 stone. I was 12 last week. That's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. You're just looking at it a different way. And it's it's taken, well, all those years to kind of get to the point. And I think that has been since working for myself and having that headspace to work this stuff out um, that it's how you see things and it's how you interpret situations and I have definitely in the last six months tried to flip everything so I think I've told you every week we do like a a club on clubhouse where we the room on clubhouse sorry where we talk about the wins for the week and you concentrate on even if it's the tiniest thing that's gone right celebrate it rather than thinking about what you haven't done or what you did wrong because it's so easy to beat yourself up about these things and but it it's taken a long time to change the way I think about that. But I'm... And it's a slow, it's a slow, like I say, it's a slow process, but it's like those little steps forward. Like I say, celebrating little wins, not looking at everything as a failure, looking at it as a lesson. What did you learn from it? Not yeah. looking at anything in a negative way. And like you say, you could have had 10 losses in a week, but one win could change everything. One, it's all like sliding doors moments, isn't it? One little positivity could change the whole lot and cause this massive cascade of positivity. And you, you're totally right. And Clubhouse is something you've introduced me to. I love it. I know. Get on it. I'm always on it. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll be doing classes to wean people off it soon, I think. We will, we will. Come to talk to us about your Clubhouse addiction. I'll be first in line. <laughs> so when you talk about anxiety, did you suffer from any sort of physical side effects of it because that was a huge problem with me I don't know if you had anything like that I think the worst has probably been this last uh bout of anxiety and I think being stuck in the house meant that I didn't get the exercise I needed I've definitely put on weight and I believe that that's probably a catalyst I didn't um prioritize exercise or eating well it you know we were all at home it was just easier for us all to just eat the same thing and mm-hmm. uh, well you know what it's like you're at home you're constantly like oh I'll just have a bit of that oh we'll make some fun we'll do this and I, I, I love food so I think that's probably the biggest physical side effect I've had um although another thing when I when this was really getting bad this time I had this awful kind, and I kept saying, I feel like I've just got this ache here. And I constantly felt like there was something just like pulling inside. Mm. Um, And I was trying to explain it to 
uh, it was my auntie actually and I, said, and I was like I've just constantly got this like ache and it's like a heartache and it wasn't that I was heartbroken or anything but when people talk about feeling heartbroken mm. that is what it feels like like it was full and it's your it's a mixture of your heart working faster because your adrenaline's higher because you're anxious and stressed and also when you're anxious you tend to breathe a lot shallower yeah there's a lot of like muscle tension going i mean imagine it's all from this fight or flight response like i say imagine if you were being chased by a tiger your heart's got to work faster to get your muscles ready and you're breathing shallower <laughs> like you're running so yeah. that's happening all day so it's like you're running all day so yeah. it this is why people who are anxious are always tired because they're almost running a marathon all day rather than just sitting still but and I wasn't burning the calories that I was eating like that's no, not because fair. you're not actually letting off that valve you, yeah your body's getting ready to to run but you're never actually running you're in this almost frozen state of like ready to yeah. go and then this is why exercise helps with anxiety because you go out you burn off that, that makes absolute sense yeah. yeah and you go off and burn it off straight away your body wants to run or fight so you're just feeding it going right let's go and run bosh and then it's, it's done and yeah. the more you do that the more exercise you do the less adrenaline you've got building up and it, but yeah that would be it and it's weird symptoms were my kind of very favorite not favorite <laughs> speciality <laughs> if you like um oh i had everything from like my skin felt like i had sunburn like even though i didn't have a thing on me like i couldn't touch it with a t-shirt i was like oh and just the weirdest and when i'd managed to get over one i'd get another symptom like yeah. I defeat one and go, well, I'll look it up and I know that's anxiety. And it almost, this is why people pers like personify anxiety. They, they kind of give it a personality because it's like sneaky. It's like, all oh, right, you found out that one's a, I'll give you this then instead. And then I'd have like, I don't know, tingling like toes and fingers. And then, and there's always another illness that's associated with these things. You start looking it up. Yeah. And then that kind of feeds you. Makes you more anxious. And it's like a, it's like a, a cycle. So yeah, I always ask people about, the symptoms and the side effects they have because I think more symptoms that people know about yeah the more they can put down to anxiety and know it's being created by that not having a heart attack or a stroke or, or whatever you yeah. conjure up in your mind obviously just going back to when my mum was suffering I know she used to say she felt like she was having a heart attack and that's why she felt like she was dying so I, I, I know that although it's in your brain, sorry, the dog's barking. All right, mine will be at it in a minute. It's, um, it is a very physical feeling as well, um, but it's yeah, just... It, this is what's sca scary about it. You're constantly thinking about the worst and your body's reacting, giving you symptoms of the worst. So you never yeah. get out of it. And it, it, it's about separating those things up, starting to understand the... And like the awareness comes in again, starting to understand the metaphysical... I hate that mm -hmm. word side of it where my body's doing this because of this this and this that's where the rational head kicks in and goes oh, right this is why i'm feeling lightheaded this is why i'm feeling dizzy this is yep. why i'm feeling sick so yeah and it's it, so i always ask about it that's all so anyway let's let's move on it sounds like we, we, we've, we've delved into anxiety too much let's talk about the jade of now and because it's a good story I like this. so what, what do you do tell me about what you do and and how what you do for a living and how you kind of I'm talking to people who help clients and I think you help clients a lot. You helped me yesterday. I had the best day yesterday. We'll talk about that in a minute, but what's the, what's the secret of Jade's, Jade's business? So, so what I do is um, I specialize in digital marketing and design as well. So I'm quite creative, but I also like the analytics of, of digital marketing. So I've combined the two to offer 
services to small businesses and entrepreneurs. And this had been something I'd wanted to do for years and years and years, right from my first marketing position that I had. I, I always wanted to teach small businesses how to do marketing correctly or, you know, show them that it doesn't have to cost a fortune. So that's kind of where it came from. And that's what I do. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of helping people, it's teaching people how to, um, you know, sell themselves and their businesses correctly because I struggle to do that about myself and I'm, you know, a marketer. So <laughs> I get that people find that difficult and it's kind of pulling out the the nuggets that you might not know about yourself and showing the rest of the world. Um, so if you're the brand, then obviously I'll do that about you, but whether you had your own company that we were looking to market, it's finding those little, um, you know, niches in those, those brands that I can then tell the world about that you might be too, you know, consumed by the actual day-to-day of the business that you forget or take it for granted. And um, so, yeah, that's what. what that's, that's the bit I, because full disclosure, we, we worked together and you just finished my branding yesterday, which I'm very excited about. Um, yeah. What I loved about it was it, yeah, like you say, we're, I am the brand, which is a bit of a weird, uncomfortable position to be in. But at the same time, you made it very exciting for me to be the brand. Like, all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden I was like, yeah, this is fab. It's all about me. And yeah. <laughs> I was talking about me. Yay. And <laughs> but it, <laughs> It's given me that kind of confidence about what I do. It, I felt like I was hiding and now I'm not. And it, it yeah, it's, it's made, it, it's not just a logo. It's not just a a font it's not just a color it's that it, you get that confidence behind your business to say yeah this is what I'm all about yeah and you're proud of what it is and it's like you know if you do it yourself you just know it's subpar I knew what I'd done as subpar before yeah and and that's the thing I think that's why working with people who work for themselves are their own brand or you know have a very small company is so good because that's where you can make the biggest difference because like you say you well, I know myself, you know, I've just started my own business. And to start with, you're, you're nervous about, you know, open coming out as this, you know, I'm a new business. That is nerve wracking. And just giving people that confidence to be able to do that and be confident with what they're, you know, selling or whatever the service might be that they're providing is what I'm all about. And I think, yeah, yesterday was amazing. And you see it as oh we're two hours talking about me but what we did was we've spent you know however many hours in the past few weeks going over those things for me to completely understand who you are what it is you do and then be able to put that into a brand and put it out there in a format that you're happy with and that reflects you because that's what it's got to do you know I could it's no good me just coming up with something that looks nice it's got to feel like you Ooh, and it's like it's funny, I was joking yesterday, it's some, it feels like therapy of some kind, but it is, it's that kind of giving the people in business the confidence to show up every mm. day, because if you're not showing up, and it's like in life, you know, business and life are two very similar things. If you're not showing up, you're not going to get the results you want. If you're not, you know, positively emotional about what you're giving out there, you're not going to get positive results. Your actions aren't going to be positive. You're not going to get what you set out for and now all of a sudden with that just that little bit of injection of me into the brand I've got an emotional 
attachment to it. So my actions are going to be positive and my results are going to be positive. And it, it's funny like how, how I'm comparing marketing to well-being, but there is that kind of link where I now feel great about my business. Yes. Whereas before I was like, hiya, and I can help people and I will help people and I do help people. I'm so very proud of what I do. So why are I screaming that from the rooftops and showing that and what I'm telling people? And I wasn't doing that. And now I am. So yeah. And now you are. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm glad that's how you feel. Cause that is exactly why I wanted to start this business up. Um, and I yeah. can't recommend, I recommend you highly enough how quickly it went from understanding me to me, to me getting something back. Someone's just ringing me. Oh, I'm very popular to me, getting, to me getting something back that, was just perfect was so quick and you understood my business so quickly and yeah I'd, I'd say it but we'll give out your contact details at the end to make sure people can get hold of you yeah. and, and feel great about their business as well <laughs> talking about your business is there like one common myth about digital marketing marketing in general you'd like to dispel right here right now for the world yeah well again this is why I set up the business um I think everybody has this perception that it has to be expensive you have to spend a fortune to get good results and that's not true so in particular if we're talking about advertising um you know digital advertising that doesn't have to be a massive budget if you do it well and that's kind of what I wanted to show people that they can do so I've you know I've had over 10 years experience in marketing for big companies with massive budgets, all different audience types. And I want to show people how that's that that I've learned there, you can do and you can do it, but you don't have to spend the millions that the big companies are doing. Um, because I think that is a lot of people think, oh, I can't do that because I don't know how to do it. But or it's going to be too expensive for me. But that's not true. Like it is there for all of us. And it especially now when everything is currently online, there's no shopping, there's no, you know, we're having to do even these online, you know, your coaching courses, everything is online. So people are so much more on there. It's, there's no reason to not be doing it. So I guess that's my, my myth. It doesn't yeah. have to be expensive. But these are myth busters. We have got the thing up, busted, bang, right across the screen. Like that. <laughs> but it's, that's, that's what I found. Like, people think they can cut corners as well people think they can I, I did I you know I'll design a logo on Canva and it looking like a spa um you know I, I'll, I'll make my own whatever I'll make my own website and all this and yeah you know you get but it's not reflecting you and it's, there's no yeah there's no style in it there's no consistency there's no you know branding if you like for want of a better word running across everything it's just me chucking things at a wall and hoping some of it sticks and works and it's yeah, not well I think when you are the product, you are the service, it's hard to envisage what that brand should look like. Mm. You think, do I need one? Because it's just me. And you do. Everybody needs like a personal brand. It doesn't necessarily always mean a logo or colours, but there's got to be some kind of consistency, whether that's in the way you do things, the way you say things, the way you write things. Um, It is important. I think you, you taught me about a brand voice. Like I hadn't even considered that yeah <laughs> like how and, uh, i'm how i'm gonna be perceived by how my brand speaks to the people out there and you know i do because i just i'm just me but yeah there's got to be that kind of consistency in message or consistency in tone or you know yeah. 
that that blew my mind. That was one thing that because I just thought, well, that's just me. It's always going to sound like me. But no, because some days I'm fed up. Newsflash, yeah. you know, even even the world being wizards fed up. But yeah, some days I'm annoyed with stuff. Some days, but you don't want that to, you know, if I was going to reflect truly me, you don't yeah. want to sort of posting how annoyed I am with something. <laughs> Sometimes you do it in a Bevan way. That's Bevan way. Oh, it's always done in a Bevan way. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. I like that. And so this marketing world, it, it, is there the three people who have like, let's let's say two, because three is quite a lot. Two, two people who have like helped your career to date, like who have influenced you, either people you know personally, people you look up to in the sort of marketing world or even random TV celebrities. <laughs> Obviously, you. Oh, obvi- obviously. Well, you could just be the third if we're only going for two now. Go on, then. Um, I think I'm. I'm going to give credit to my first managing director, what who completely took a chance on me in a marketing role that I'd never done before, um, and he was such a great guy. Like he was just brilliant and. I worked, this was at Fretwell Downing, so his name is Nick. Hi, Nick. Nick and he was, I remember him interviewing me and, and I was thinking, oh, I've not really done this before, but it was more of like a an admin marketing assistant role. So, you know, I, I got some experience and I knew I could do it. I knew the job role I could do. And he just fully took a chance on me. Um, and I ended up being the marketing and communications manager there in the end. And he supported me through that whole time training. Any suggestions I made on what we should be doing on a marketing front, he was like, yep, go for it. And I just completely 100% had his back in. And that was brilliant because you don't always get that from, especially from direct. Especially early in your career, it makes a huge difference knowing someone sort of believes you to that extent, A, to employ you. I mean, I've, I've had a very similar managing director like that. And A, to employ you, and then B, to see you through your career there. That's nice, yeah. And it gives you that, you can always hark back to that and go, yeah, someone trusted me, so. Yeah. Well, you he know. was just a good guy as well. Like from, you know, on a personal front, if I ever had any issues with the kids, he was always very give and take. He would, you know, support with everything. So he was the best person for me to start out working for in this career because he just gave me the confidence and the tools I needed to learn everything so he was great and then the other one I'm struggling now because I've got like a few I've got three. Oh, you've got three you can have three honestly have three have three I cut okay. you off in your prime I'm the fourth now then yeah you're the fourth <laughs> well actually right so my family I was just going to say because I've not got a massive family, but right from my granddad, from when I was little, he would always like tell me I could do whatever I wanted. You know, you can always, whatever you want to be, you can be it kind of thing. So, and they've all got that mentality. So I'm really close to my nan, um, my mum and dad, you know, everything I do, they're supportive. And then my auntie and uncle have actually physically like helped me childcare wise. They don't have children. So they're like another set of grandparents to my kids. Um, So they do like the childcare for me. My mom and dad still work. So find it harder, but so they've just been a really good, what's the word support network for Mm -hmm. me, for me to be able to even get to this point in my career. And then the other one is probably a bit weird, but my ex-husband. So he, I've told you, me and Lee are still good friends. And But 
when we were together, he was always quite happy for me to be the one. I think this is probably part of the problem. You know, he was happy for me to be the one that went off and propelled her career, which was great for me because that's what yeah. I wanted to do. He he isn't that way way inclined. So um, he was always at home with the kids. And even now, like he will... So during the pandemic, he was here every day, walking five miles a day to come and help homeschool so that I could get on with work because he was on furlough. Um, just, you know, having someone like that, even though we're not together anymore, has been, I can't imagine if we weren't okay with each other because he manages, you know, to help me with the kids or he understands that today I'm doing this for two hours and he was like well you can bring them here and you know so we have a really good relationship that that's means- just great that's a very impressive top fella he is he is a top fella when it comes to things like that just not as a husband you know <laughs> but he's a great dad and he's a good support to me so I think I'm just lucky that I've had good people around me really that's cool. I like that. No, and it's it's nice that you've got that that kind of partnership still. Yeah, that that's great. That and it's Tell the, him if you'll be getting all you know. Yeah, we'll let, we have to edit this out so he doesn't get a big head. Yeah, we'll not let him know. <laughs> so I'll, I'll edit it. It's just so you've got two people that you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, good on him. Um, so I'm a big reader. I like to learn. I have a, a day in my my business every Friday. Learn something Friday, and that's my. I do courses on that. They all read. Yeah. One book that you'd suggest that people should who are listening or watching should read to make their life better or make their career better or yeah. And what, what's what's the J? It doesn't have to be. It doesn't even have to be a, a you know. It can be a fiction book. It can be anything at all. I know. I've got well. I've got quite a few here that are like I'm a bit obsessed with the moon. So let's got, have them all. Let's have them all. We had we had loads with Laura last week. I had, had a library full last week. So yeah. <laughs> I keep them on my desk for this reason. But in terms of what you've just said, and I think. The periods of time that I've gone through, you know, where I've been feeling anxious, the best book that I've read, you might have heard of it, is The Good Vibes, Good Life. Oh, yes, I've heard of that. Sting. Um, really good because he talks about. What's that by again? I forget, just in case people want to read it. Who's it by? It's backwards. Vex King? Vex King. Yeah, I think he's from London. I'm sure he's British. Um, but he talks about. He's come from quite a hard life and it made him grow up quite angry. And he manages to switch that around into having these good, positive vibes. And he, he's specific in the chapters on how to deal with certain situations. So it's things from getting away from toxic workplaces, I think is one chapter, or um, you know, if you've not got a supportive partner. or So it's a really good book because you'll find your own situation in there. Yeah. And you can always flick through and go, aha! I need this section today yeah, or this month. It goes from, you know, like these are the situations that you might find yourself in, but then talking about how to manifest just your way out of it and how to then put those manifestations into action. It's a really good book um, and quite like new. So I feel like it's relevant now, you know, like mm-hmm. it talks about social media. And so I, I found that really, really good. So that's from a mental health point of view but then this is my all-time favorite book and i tell everyone about it go on then kirsty gallagher kirsty gallagher luna living right yeah not the kirsty gallagher from the telly no no 
that would be weird, wouldn't it? It's the other Kirsty Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, there's the Moon Lady Kirsty Gallagher. But when again, when I was kind of all this time of feeling a little bit ropey, um, I got quite into the spiritual side of things and crystals, and the moon just fascinates me. And I'd started like looking into it a little bit, and then I found that book. Um, on Amazon I thought I'm gonna get it and it just tells you about like the new moon the full moon and in each sign what that means it's just if you want to know about that kind of thing it's a really good one to start with Um, so I'll often refer back to it and be like right what's the moon up to today when I'm feeling what's the moon up to today (laughs) today. Um, so yeah if you're into that kind of thing that one's a, a really good one for the basics yeah so you're because that's the thing with the moon like we seem to have forgotten that it, it plays a huge part in everything on the planet. Like, oh I know I probably I probably lighted your fire right now. I'm lighting a fire with you to get you going. But it's like you know cycles of the ocean and the sort of like the, the seasons and all this, and we forget. So because we've got calendars on our wall now, we don't go with a lunar calendar as such. We yeah. go with kind of like you know, is it a Gregorian calendar? I think it's called. But yeah, we we don't really go with the moon. We probably should. People who live by the moon, you know, who live out in the God knows where, growing crops and all that, it all depends on the seasons for them and the moon. So, yeah, people forget their contact with it. I've got one that I need to put up in here. It's just, it's massive. I've not found a frame big enough. Um, It's beautiful. I'll send you a picture of it. But um, it's even got on there, like, what kind of plants you should plant at a certain point of the moon. And I'm like, my God, this just blows my mind. But... I think it started a while ago when we were on holiday. We always go up to Northumberland for holidays and we were checking the tide times so that we could go onto the beach and stuff. And I didn't know that the moon did that. I didn't know that the moon controlled the tide. And I was like, no way. And just from then, it's just fascinated me. And and obviously it makes sense that if it can move a whole ocean it's going to affect us because we're made of quite a lot of water as well. Yeah, you that? It's going yeah. to affect us in some way. If it's having such a massive pull on, on the ocean, then surely it has to have some kind of effect on us because it's being able to pull that massive amount of water. You know, yeah. it's going to have to have effect on something we do or yeah. Anyway, that, yeah, I, I, Oh, I could talk about it for hours, maybe get proper into it. Women particularly, we have our menstrual cycles we have as many of those as the moon has cycles. So, you know, the moon is... I didn't know that. Yeah. And you'll find a lot of women have cycles um, with the moon. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, there every, you day's go. A school, every day's a moon school day. So when you talk about the moon, you have to say she, because it is thought that it's a feminine... Oh, I, I will do. From now, I won't misgender the moon from here on in. Like, she up to today? Because I'm feeling a little bit dodgy. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get told off. For, I don't want to get cancelled for misgendering the moon. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Imagine get all my lovely new new branding and then get cancelled for misgendering the moon. That'd be so me. Go <laughs> <laughs> on brand. Oh dear. Okay, so what do you do every day? What does Jade do? Get up in the morning and think. I better do this today because it helps my well-being. Have you got one thing that you'd say to people? This is what I do. Well, I have a coffee every day, get up and I have to have Key to a good day. I'm not sure how good that is for well-being, but it's good for me. It's my little moment of, you know, I do like to have a coffee. But one thing I do, and I don't think many people know this, but... Exclusive. 
sit in silence for like at least 10 minutes. So I might be doing something else. I might be reading or I might, you know, but often I try and just sit. I know that sounds weird, but... No, no, not at all. It sounds very... I'm just trying to work out how I would sit in silence. Should we do it now? <laughs> Best podcast way. ever. <laughs> um, because I think my mind and everything is just on the go all day, constantly on, on the go. So when the kids have gone to bed, or even if I go to bed, I try and just sit there and chill. Or if I'm in the bath. And, you know, just to have a bit of silence because... I think it's so, especially now, while we're all at home, we're yeah. all in need of a little bit of a mental silence as well as... Um, it's finding silence in my house when a 13-year-old's playing Fortnite. That's difficult. Oh, well, do you know what I've done? Hmm. I've started borrowing my 13-year-old's headphones to drown him out rather than... Uh, the noise cancelling. Yeah, noise cancelling. <laughs> There's the answer. There's the answer. Yeah. Cool. All right, this is this. Oh, time traveling. Now you like my time traveling thing. So oh, this is a good one for you. If I could build my time machine, which I do quite frequently, what would you say to the 20 year old Jade? What would you say? Here's a piece of advice for life. I think I would tell her to just keep going. Keep going when you're feeling like you shouldn't um, or like that you're not strong enough, not that you shouldn't, because... There's been a lot, I've had a lot of hurdles in the last 16 years from, you know, from being 20 that have, I think, knocked my confidence. At 20, I was confident. I was confident of my opinions. I was confident of my abilities. And I feel a lot different now. Um, and that's that's been, you know, a lot of different things, things that have happened, people I've come across. I was thinking about this and... I'm lucky in that I've got really supportive family, I told you, um, and really strong women in my family. So my mum's strong, auntie's strong, my nan, oh my God, my nan is strong. And all the men in my family are very accepting of that. And, you know, my granddad was very much, you know, powered my nan to be this strong woman. My uncle is really supportive of my auntie. My dad is obviously used to my mum and me. So... I thought the world was like that. So when I came out into the working world and there was all these men that didn't think men. of women that way, it shocked me. And I've, you know, I've experienced a lot of men who think differently to that. And I, I think it's such a shame because I'm lucky that the men in my family aren't like that. And, you know, even my husband isn't like that. And he's very kind of, except in my you know my friends husbands aren't like that so I it's just I've come across a lot of people who have kind of I've had comments like oh she's just a young girl and that you know wow to rile me up it used to get me like what does that mean and then you know as I got a little bit older and I saw like in a more corporate world, the way men would treat younger women, you know, because I was in a role that was quite high up within the company, but I wasn't thought of at the same level as other people in, because of my age and because I was female. There was no female directors. And I've just come across a lot of, you know, those kind of comments. And I think over time, it's knocked my confidence a little bit. I'm 
picking that back up now. But I think I would say keep going and keep your opinion strong because you're right. You are right. Yeah. So and keep you, you will be proved to be right later on kind of by the whole world almost. The world is like that. It doesn't mean you have to accept it because it's not. So I think that would be my bit of advice. That's fab. I like that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and this is this is my this I've got my two favorite questions left. It's my favorite part of my podcast. These are my these are my two fun favorite. Right, okay. What is the one question you'd have liked me to ask you that I didn't? The one question. Oh, as many as you like. We've got all day. <laughs> I think it's a bit of a fun one. What's the most random situation you've ever found yourself in? Because oh. you can't guess what it would be. Oh, crikey. The most random situation you've ever found yourself in. There's been a few, but this one sticks in. This is the most random. Oh, crikey. There's been a few, and it's the most random. Um, oh, good Lord. I, I don't know. On a train to Siberia with uh, Bob Monkhouse learning to juggle. I don't know. That's what I've got. <laughs> I mean, you take it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I can't beat that. <laughs> That's random. <laughs> um, but I once found myself a little bit tiddly in the gardens of Buckingham Palace. No, that's cool. Yes. But actually, like, how? Actually in the gardens of Buckingham Palace. And then I think the moment of realisation was after, and I was sat on the, is it the Victoria Monument or thing like yeah. that roundabout, looking at Buckingham Palace, lost my friends. I was, and I was like, what's happening? How am I? How am I looking at Buckingham Palace and not really know? Like I was, I'd had a bit too much champagne. And um, how did you get into Buckingham Palace then? Well, I don't think I'm allowed back in. No, I'm joking. Um, so I, when I worked at Fretwell Downing, we had a royal warrant. So we were invited to the Queen's coronation. Uh, so it was coronation festival. Mm -hmm. So everybody had a royal warrant could go and have like a, a stand in the gardens. And there was Bentley there and there was all these other people and then in the evening there was like a garden party with Catherine Jins and all the royal family were sat behind us so we were drinking champagne in the garden and the queen was sat like literally here it was just the most bizarre um situation but yeah one of those to tell people I've been drunk in Buckingham Palace yeah that's great that's awesome. Oh, yeah. You wanted me to ask you that because it's a real name. Doc. I was there having a drink by these Bentley guys and the Queen was right over there. <laughs> yeah. I actually got told off because I went to take a picture of the royal. They were in like the royal stand behind us. And I ran up and I shouted Pippa Middleton and I shouted Pippa. And she looked at me and I took a picture. I'm going to send you these pictures to show you. And she looked directly at me and smiled. And then they were like, can you go back to your seat? And I was like, yes, sorry. But, yeah. you get thrown out. How dare you take pictures of someone who's nearly related to someone who's nearly the queen? <laughs> yeah. Well, when we were when we were going, I tell you what, that has been one of the most difficult things to set up as a marketing manager. That whole event, the logistics, getting into Buckingham Palace, getting everybody who was going from our company, like all the passes and checks. Oh, check, oh god, yeah. it was it was hard work. Oh yeah, but it was it was just amazing we walked in the stands were beautiful the gardens are just incredible there was the royal ballet there it was it was honestly one of the best experiences um but we were just 
we were really well trapped by our by our directors and they just kept bringing bottles of wine and we were oh, too well okay. too well really yeah yeah we'd had a hard day at work and we let loose <laughs> but yeah it was good she does she does oh that that's awesome they said to us there might be some members of the royal family there uh but we don't know who so we're like, oh, okay okay and then I was, I, th I think I'd probably gone to the bar and on my way back. And as I was walking, there was like all this kerfuffle. The next thing, the queen just comes along in a golf cart. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? She just, and then in the evening for the, for the show, there was Camilla, Charles. Um, I don't think Kate was there. But Pippa, obviously there. James Middleton. But yeah, Zara, there was, there was loads of them there. I just Amazing. love the fact the queen blasts around in a golf cart. Like some sort of wacky Michael Jackson type character, yeah. Ballets. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed it wasn't it wasn't real. <laughs> was it like a gold plated golf cart, or just like a standard common garden golf cart? I've got a photo. I'm going to send it. I'm going to find it and show we'll you. Put it on the old socials there, won't we? Queen of the golf cart. Yeah. Queen after eighteen yeah. holes. <laughs> she just pops into the bar. After I've probably got a bottle of champagne somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, dear. talking about amazing things. We have our guest chain questions. <laughs> the previous guest, Laura, Laura Brunson, yeah. gets yeah. to ask you a question. And her question was last week, if she had a magic wand and could wave a magic wand and make, make one of your dreams come true overnight, what would it be? Right. Are we talking while we're in the pandemic? Because I'd literally take like the pubs being open or <laughs> the cinema open. Yeah, I mean, we, you, can have that, you can have a pandemic and a non-pandemic answer. How about that? Okay, so just normal life would be my first wish right now. Um, but I was thinking I've not really got a big thing I'd like to do. You know, I've been in Buckingham. No, I'm joking. Um, but I think... So my dream used to be, this is a funny one, and I think I'd still take it. I, I used to want to be a dancer on Stars in Their Eyes. That was my dream as a little girl. And that. you know what? I think I'd still go for it. I did. I was obsessed. Tonight, I think Matthew, I'd still take that. A dancer. <laughs> yeah. But I just wanted to, I didn't want to be the person. I just wanted to be one of the backing dancers. That was my dream. So I'll go with that. That's awesome. That's that. actually. They'd have to bring it back and maybe you could present it. You know, I'd be tonight, Bevan. I want to be Michael Jackson. And here's day to dance with Michael Yeah, Jackson. let's. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing it. We're bringing so, it back. I'll just go with that. That's, yeah, that's the. I didn't, I didn't think that would be, ever be an answer to that question. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, well, it was I my, you know, myself. my childhood dream. We don't grow out of these dreams, do we? Never give up. You never know. Never know. I'm first on that list if it gets back on ITV. When I when I bring it back, we <laughs> first get invited in. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I've got a special guest next week. You get a chance to yes. ask another question. What would you like to ask them? Dun, dun, dun. Yes. So I've got a good one actually. So I've written it down one sec. If you could meet one fictional character, who would it be? So I don't mean be a character, I mean meet a fictional character. Who would it be? And who would yours be just out of interest? Have you thought? So then I thought, oh, who would it be? And I actually think. It would be Rachel from Friends because I really need her to 
sack Ross off because I feel like he just messes with her head the whole way through Friends. And someone needs to say, he's gaslighting you here. Get rid of him. That that would be mine. So you want to meet her to make her life better. That's brilliant. Yeah, I do. So she if can you do better one Ross. character, who would it be? Okay, cool. That's a great question. Well, yeah. who would yours be? Uh, oh, good Lord. It's on the spot now. Um, I really wanted to think of a cartoon character, but I couldn't, I couldn't quite... I think. Who would I like to meet? Like, I'm a huge fan of Batman. So, like, I would love to meet, like, Bruce Wayne and Batman and then be like, give him a little nod going, I know who you are, Sunshine. Yeah, that would be a good one. I know what you get up to on an evening. Young man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So probably that's Batman, uh, yeah, and then get Bruce Wayne to back my business, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? He probably has some kind of well-being issues as well. I don't think he takes care. He's too busy. Well, he I also, he, he, you know, his, he his family mentioned. being murdered in front of him what turned him into Batman. So, yeah, he's got a yeah, lot he, to dig into, that guy. Yeah. Spends his nights in latex dressed as a bat. It's not a great story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is some deep-rooted issues there, isn't there, somewhere? <laughs> it's an interesting hobby to have. But yeah, yeah, so thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed having you on, honestly. Oh, you and too. we always have a good laugh when we get together anyway. But you've been really honest, really open, which is lovely. And I hope people take a lot from this. And uh, yeah, I, thank you so much for coming along. I've really enjoyed You're it. You're welcome. Thank you so for asking me. How can people get hold of you? Actually, I need to mention that because I, I forgot. I got so excited last week on, on the thing with Laura and again this week that... I forget okay. some where people can get hold of you. Do you want me to give Laura's details and then mine? <laughs> <laughs> no, I tack, I tack Laura's onto the end with some sort of yeah. like... Okay. like uh, so I guess well, on my social media pages, um, or I've got a website, which is gemmarketing.com. Um, but yeah, social media is probably the easiest thing for everybody. And Just that's gemmarketing, J-E-M marketing.com. Yes. Perfect. See, I did my job properly this week, whereas last week yeah, I had to do. Uh, what's that film where Matthew Broderick? I had to do that kind of pop up afterwards. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I had to do like an. Oh. <laughs> You're still here. Oh, good, because I've got Laura's details. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. So yeah, I had oh. to do that. Uh, so, but this week I remembered. But honestly, thank you so much for for coming along, and uh, I hope people enjoy listening to you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye.